Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. We're excited for this week's discussion. This week, Dustin had a conversation with Chad Lewis. Some of you may not know who Chad Lewis is, but Chad Lewis was a walk-on at BYU where he was an All-American tight end and an all-WAC performer. He then was an undrafted free agent that made the Philadelphia Eagles squad and had uh, played for the Rams and then came back to the Eagles. He was a three-time pro bowler and an all-pro. Chad currently serves as the associate athletic director of BYU. But more than all of that, Chad's a great person who's a great example of someone who uses the sport light to help those around them. He has written a book, Surround Yourself with Greatness, and he is currently writing another book that he talks about in this podcast, along with the principles that he believes in deeply. So here's the podcast and Dustin and Chad's discussion. Enjoy. All right. So Chad, uh, thank you for meeting with me today. I want to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about your book that's been published and the book that you're working on, because I'm really looking forward to reading it. That's cool. You'll be a part of the second one. First book is titled Surround Yourself with Greatness. That message is important to me um, because I realized I personally can't get where I need to go without being around people, great people, great movies, great music, great books. So if I can build a pile of greatness around me, it's going to take me with it in some capacity. And that was the message I felt like I needed to share. And so I put it on paper. I think everyone should write a book. It's an incredible process. Not easy, but well worth it. And I was able to share that message. And it resonates with me, certainly, but it, it resonates with people. The importance of surrounding ourselves with good stuff, great stuff. And the opposite is true. If you surround yourself with skunk, you're going to stink. And so there's, there's, in some place in there, there's a conscious decision where you need to figure it out. This is who I want to hang out with. This is what I want to surround myself with. And when you make that conscious decision, doors open. The second book is titled The Power of the Jersey, How We All Have Influence with Each Other. And that influence is really a two-edged sword of power. It can cut for good or bad. And so, you know, I, I liken it to a football player at a high school who, if he understands that power and that influence, he can do a ton of good. He can lift people's lives. He can help them smile. He can, he can spread light in a way that changes lives. Or... He can be a punk or a bully or making fun of people all the time. And his power now is using the wrong side of that sword. He's cutting, you know, limbs and joints off of people. He's cutting confidence out of people. He's, he's doing great harm and he won't figure it out for years to come. But parents are figuring out right now and they're seeing their kids being destroyed by bullies. And that's not cool. So that image to me of sharing the power of the jersey and what you call the sport light which i think is such a great term share your 
gifts and blessings with other people. Make a conscious decision to be a leader. Make a conscious decision to be nice, to be cool, to understand that you have influence, whether you know that or not, and use that influence to walk down the hallways and lift other people. You don't have to be a phony. You don't have to be a molly about it. But you got to reach out. So maybe you're a quiet leader. You still need to open your mouth. You still need to say some things. And sometimes it's not acceptable just to be a silent leader. You got to speak. So that's what it is. What's the, uh, when you say surround yourself with greatness for parents that are listening, what are some of the, and you're a parent, you know, you, you have how many kids? Seven. Seven, seven. Two girls, five boys. I didn't think it was that high. It's I knew like you had a lot. Zoo. I know it's everywhere. Seven, <laughs> man, that's a full time job there. Um, what would you tell parents in in the modern world that parenting has changed quite a bit in the last even just you know fifteen years with the invention of of phone uh, cell phones and social media and, yeah. and everything? What are some of the maybe traps or some of the things that parents should be aware of in trying to teach their kids what you just said about? surrounding yourself with greatness. That's a great point. What are the traps? The traps are anything that takes you away from your purpose. What's your purpose? Your purpose is to love your kids. It's not to get them in the NFL or the NBA or the PGA. Or, yeah. It's to love your kids, to support them. So what gets in the way of that? Everything does. The dumb stuff they do. I, I heard Coach Pope talk this, this week. He said, life is messy. Kids are messy. And God is fully aware of that, and he's fine with it. And the purpose that we have is to help them grow and, and figure out that we support them and love them and, and not get hung up on the traps. The traps, again, are say they don't do something perfectly. So what? Yeah. Say they have a problem in a game or they, they – Let's take basketball. They're not making good passes. They're not taking good shots. And on the way home, as a parent, we're thinking we're going to help them by teaching them how to be a great basketball player. What do our kids really need? Most of the time, they just need us to say, hey, I, I love watching you play. It's so fun. And I love you. Yeah. And let's go. Like, um, and if they want to work harder, we're there to help them work harder. And sometimes we're there to point out how Hey, you could probably do this better. Um, but that car ride home doesn't need to be, you're not their coach again. They've already listened to their coach for the last hour. And they're well aware of their own shortcomings. They see it in comparison to their peers. So if we're just drilling them all the time, they don't want to be around their parents. Yeah. Did your, how was your, I know you have a or had a real tight relationship with your dad growing up, and you obviously made it to the highest level, being a an NFL tight end and a, a Pro Bowl tight end with the Eagles. How was your mom and dad in that? You know, what what are some of the experiences maybe that you had or lessons you learned from your parents? I was an anomaly in that regard because my parents were not into sports necessarily. They, my dad wanted to go hiking, and he started the Lewis Plan when we were little, like. He would take off whatever time required as a doctor to be our scoutmaster and go hiking and, and do stuff as a family and with the scout troop. But then we started one by one playing competition sports, football, basketball, everything. And he was super supportive, even though he didn't really understand it or, you know, he wasn't a sporto dude. So 
for me to actually make it to the NFL, it was nuts. I didn't have a dad driving me. I didn't. I was thinking like back to seventh grade football. I wanted to play football, so I went and signed up with my buddies. You know, my dad wasn't saying, "Hey, you need to sign up. This is the coach. This is who we need to talk to. This is what we got to do." It was like it was me and my buddies. <laughs> my parents were kind enough to pay my fees, and they came and supported me like crazy. That was the best thing I could ever ask for. That carried over to post mission. I walked onto the BYU football team. They were very supportive, and then I made it in the pros as an unrestricted, you know, free agent. I was not drafted. Again, they were very supportive through the injuries. I got, you know, injured and cut. Picked up by the Rams. I got cut. Went back to the Eagles. I played for nine years, and my parents were totally supportive the whole time. So I lucked out. I wasn't burned out in sports because I didn't have a dad driving me to the point of exhaustion. Um, I had a dad who loved the heck out of me. It was it was more than sport, and my mom was the same way. She was I could not have had a better support network from my own parents, and the the drive to play was was within me. Like I really wanted to play, and and then as I got older, especially after my mission, I was a different person. I was a better player. I now had I wasn't afraid of the work. I wasn't. I knew the work ethic required, and I embraced it. I went after it. I had, I had this vision of how I could do anything if I put my everything to it. And that was really from being a missionary, figuring it out, being surrounded by other great missionaries, a great mission president. And, and then so when I came home, I, was, I had the tools that my parents had given me, a tall, athletic frame, but now I had the internal tools that my parents had also given me that was enhanced by this mission experience to where I could step on the gas and go with optimism and positivity. And I just felt like I always wanted to avoid the negative and focus on the positive and step on the gas. Yeah, so that's great. I love that. Focus on the positive and go. Just step on the gas and plow through it. Yeah. How do we, how do we teach kids... Um, how do we teach kids that work ethic nowadays when they're being brought up in a world where everything is to make them more comfortable? I, mm-hmm. I talked on a previous podcast about how I think in most areas of our, of our uh, children's lives, if we were to go and compare their life to our life at their same age, I've told parents before, start by looking in your pantry and, and ask yourself, how many different types of food and treats and, you know, beverages are available to your kids versus when, when we grew up, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago and TV shows and movies and games and just how the cars our kids drive in, the homes they live in, the yards they have, it's, it's everything is, you know, for the most part, our kids live an extraordinarily more comfortable life than we live. So with that said, understanding that in order to learn those principles that you learned that helped you make the NFL, you went on a mission and learned how to work. Um, that helped you deal with some of the, the setbacks that came, I'm guessing in the NFL when you got hurt, some of the resiliency. My brothers taught me how to fight. So that wasn't a smooth transition to go from college to pro and stay in the pros. It was hard and you got to fight every day. So I learned that from four brothers, you know, you got to fight your butt off for stuff that you really want. And sometimes it's actual fighting and that's okay. Um, And sometimes it's just mentally 
you know, fighting. And my parents taught me that too. Like, you got to want it. Did you grow up having to, and I don't know much about your upbringing. I know you grew up in Orem. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have a job or did you work on, you know, have projects and things that you did prior to football? We always worked as a family. Like, my mom was like Tom Sawyer. She got the whole neighborhood, you know, painting fences or doing whatever. Okay. Um, And we always worked. We worked hard. An Eagle Scout was a goal that we had. We, five Lewis boys, we got our Eagle Scouts. That That was really important to us. Um, and then starting when I was 16, I, I would have jobs. So I always worked somewhere doing something. They weren't always, um, I was a courtesy clerk at Albertsons. You know, I was, I worked at a call center for, you know, answering phones. I worked at the country club as a, as a bus boy. So they weren't glamorous jobs, but I always worked and earned money. When it came for my mission, I, I worked really hard and earned most of the money for my mission. Um, and even coming home after my mission, I, I, I worked, I was not a scholarship athlete, so I had to pay for school. So work was always part of the equation. And I had parents that fostered that. And when you ask like, what can we do for our kids that there's a lot of comfort now? Yeah. I think we can point out the beauty in the hard work. Like if we're going on a hike with our kids, it's going to be hot. It's going to be uphill. It's going to be hard. If we focus on that, they're going to hate it. But if we divert their attention to why we're doing it, like, dude, look how cool that mountain is, or look at this sunset, or look at whatever. Mm-hmm. And if we keep distracting them on the purpose of why we're doing it, distracting them to the beauty, distracting yeah. them to, like, we're together, man. This is so awesome. Then yeah. you can get past the humidity, the heat, the hard, the, the you know, the uphill and then you have great experience. Yeah. And not every kid wants to hike. I have a son that the last thing he wants to do is go on a hike. He's going to be a senior in high school. He's a big guy, six six two seventy probably. And but he's the greatest worker I've ever seen. He'll he'll move a neighbor until midnight and lift heavy stuff, and he's relentless. Um. So every one of us have our own gifts, and if we let steer our kids into where their talents are inherently leading them, man, we're going to put them in a sweet spot instead of boxing them into what we think of them because they're all different. Every kid is so different. What do you think about this word? Uh, it's come up in, in a couple of our, our previous episodes, um, being intentional. You know, you know, we, we live by this it's hard. motto of <laughs> eyes up, do the work. Yeah. yeah but this uh, sometimes when we get talking about these things, I think everybody listening, I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm having these ideas and that's the magic intentional, right whatever ideas you have, those are, those are powerful. So how, how do we, uh, uh, and you may not have a, an answer right off the top of your head about this, but any advice you may have for kids or for parents on how to turn ideas into action, how to do the work. I think that goes with surrounding yourself with greatness. First of all, I married the greatest girl in the world. And so yeah. as we talk as a couple all the time, um, we're not always intentional, but when we are, it's really helpful. And then when we listen to either a great book or we're around yeah. another couple who seems like they got it figured out, we're going to just get gems from them. Like, you know what? That wouldn't work with my kids, but that would. So do you ask questions? I mean, are you, we, we talked about that just recently about having the courage to go to somebody that you want to be like, or that maybe yeah. is better at something and say, Hey, help me. Yeah. Like that takes some humility, but it's the best way to get 
going, right? Yeah. To get answers to things. It sounds like that's what you do. And another couple's doing something well as a parent, yeah. you and your wife will ask them, hey, how do, how do you, you do that? Yeah. And it's the easiest conversation starter on the planet. Tell me about you. Yeah. Tell me, what, where do you work? What are you doing for work? And as they start talking, you're going to start getting nuggets. And then once you latch onto something, then you can follow up with questions that mean more to you. But they're going to be, they're going to be willing to talk about themselves and their career and their families. And well, in Dale, in the, in the book, in Dale Carnegie's book, um, how to win friends and influence people, right? It's been around forever, 50 years or something. He talks about that exact point that if, if you get somebody else talking about themselves, that not only will you learn a wealth of things that you may not have ever found in a book in a much shorter time, but you're going to deepen a relationship and a friendship because they're going to be able to talk about things that they like, yeah, things they're right. passionate about. And if you, if we can learn to, to ask and then listen, we're twice the winner, right? right? Because we learn and we, we, we build a deeper relationship with somebody. Yeah. I love this line in Beaches. I was show a million years ago, and Bette Midler, she was this uh, big personality, and she says to her friend, enough talking about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's easy to devour and suck the oxygen out of the room if we're not careful, talking yeah. about ourselves and focusing. And that question right there, tell me what you're doing. What is your job? What is, how'd you get there? Even asking questions like, Okay, what's your what's your take on vacations? Like, where do you mm-hmm. take your kids, and what do you want to do, and how do you? It just leads into great conversations. Did you have teammates that were like that in college or the NFL that you felt like as a, as a leader? I'm, I'm want to kind of steer this, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Steer this towards the leadership principle. Um, I'll take it right now to Steve Sarkeesian. Okay, I was with Steve for two years at BYU. We were juniors and seniors together. We were captains together. He was a great leader. He was not a member of the LDS faith, but he fit in perfectly to BYU because he loved the history and the heritage. And he knew that to stand in the long line of great quarterbacks was, was really important. He took that. He took that on. And as a leader, he was an outsider in a way, but he... He was completely immersed in this place. And I felt like he was willing to say hard things to us as his teammates. Um, He was willing to challenge us in cool ways, but he embraced us. And, you know, he he would always tell us how impressive he thought the missionary program was. He wasn't a missionary. He didn't grow up in this culture, but he just said, man, you guys, what you've done, take two years out of your life. Uh, So impressive. And for him to talk like that to us endeared him to us, endeared us to him. And he, on the field, he had skills. He could see football before it happened. That's what makes him a great coach. And it's manifest through his coaching life. He's really good. As a quarterback, he had that gift. He could see defenses. But he also had the toughness of leader to say what he had to say when he had to say it without fear of, being too cute or being he didn't care at some level and he was just he was himself he was genuine um i could talk about him all day but as a leader i thought he was perfect for us for our team and that 1996 boe football team was a really super talented team we had one loss and he was a real reason for it i mean we were talented across the board we had great competition at every position but that dude was awesome I love him. Great teammate. 
I think there's a lot to be said about that for the for the kids in that follow this this podcast or who are members of especially for athletes that when we say eyes up we mean be aware look be alert when we say do the work we mean take those things that you see that need fixing or that come to mind ideas thoughts that come to you and, and do something with it and I think to your point about Steve as a leader on your own high school or college team uh to be able to step out of your comfort zone a little bit as a leader and, and get to know other people really at their core. If, if they like to farm, then talk to them about farming. If they, they're a cowboy, then talk to them about, you know, Don't that. Don't be afraid life. to go to their farm. Yeah, get to know them and, and live their life for a little bit. It's, it's only going to help you better understand them, build a relationship, and, and you're probably going to end up learning some things that you – that's the greatest thing about sports, in my opinion, is – you get a chance to be around a bunch of people from different backgrounds, different, you know, they were all brought up differently and you come together with a common goal. And if you take advantage of that opportunity to get to know each other at a deeper level than just, Hey, I play this position and you play that position. But as a person, as a human, yeah. that, that that's the beauty of sports and team. And hopefully a coach can stir the drink just in the right way to get people coming together and, yeah. you know, supporting the kids and the kids can, Work hard enough that coach now has some confidence to say, okay, we're going to do something sweet. It's a cool combination. It can be challenging, but it can be the greatest thing ever, especially for kids in high school. Like, what a, what a magical time. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking a minute with us. I know yeah, you're busy, so thanks. I love what you do, and this is why. You're building confidence. People, kids are able to build confidence the right way. You're talking about great principles. And because you're willing to talk about great principles, their own minds are starting to ignite. And they're thinking about, what do I want to do with my life? How do I want to go through high school? And they're realizing because of you, I believe, they're realizing that it's in their own hands. Like, this is their decision. This is their life. You only go through one time. Yeah. And if you can inspire them, which I think you are, with what you're doing personally and other people you bring into the cause... If they can, like, be inspired, just one thing, one thing, it's just is like popcorn. It, start, it starts popping for them. Their minds come alive. And you're helping people become leaders yeah. who before were, were content just to do their own thing. Yeah. So keep it up, man. Uh, do not thanks. stop. I appreciate it. I don't it. care how tired you get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't care right. how little you make. I don't, this is one of the gifts that you have and one of the callings in life that you've revealed for yourself. Keep doing it. Until you don't want to do it anymore. But yeah. <laughs> right now, you're in a real sweet spot. Keep ripping it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining the Sport Light Podcast. We're grateful for Chad Lewis that he would join Dustin and have that conversation. We're grateful for the wonderful principles that he taught. If you'd be interested in picking up Chad Lewis's book, see the link below. We hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends and go back and listen to our previous episodes. Thank you so much. Eyes up. Do the work. This has been the Sport Life Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sport Light, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book. Yeah.